Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Excellence Cartel. We are joined today with Lauren Conlin. Today's topic is refeeds as we continue to work ourselves through the quarantine time, aka, as I like to say, lockdown. So, with that being said, Sue, how are you hanging up there in Massachusetts? That area has his ass kicked, hasn't it? Why are you so quiet, Jeff? Why are you like talking like that? That was a sexy voice, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know how Blue Steel has a fucking look? That was like my Blue Steel voice. Like, All right. Well, you know, I hope it? that comes through on the recording. Yeah. Um, I hope so, too. <laughs> you know, man, like, it, it's, it's been more the same for me. Like, I think, like, people up here are now, like, just getting a little stir crazy. We're just complaining about, like, you know, there are, like, New Yorkers that are, like, flooding um, – you know, migrating out of New York City and going to the Cape because a lot of them have like summer homes there. And so now it's like an us versus them. The people on the Cape don't like the fact that these New Yorkers are there. So they actually have- like, Bring in their germs. Guard. They're the fucking National Guard in Rhode Island hunting down yeah. license plates with New York plates. Wow. And it's crazy because these people pay taxes. You know, these are yeah. they have homes there. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> you, you have every right to go there. You know, you've been right. paid- fucking taxes and so it's just nuts it's always it's like the rich versus the poor the cape codders versus the you know the the people who live in new york it's just nuts but you know what man like i'm still controlling what i can you know like i was texting you guys i'm still doing my cardio every morning i still have all my food i'm training out in a garage that my buddy has um he has like a power rack dumbbells benches everything i had a great chest workout the other you got day. plenty of what you need i've seen i got plenty i'm gonna be doing germ german volume training legs tomorrow yep and a whole bunch of other stuff so i'm doing all right jeff i'm staying positive i lost three clients but you know they lost their jobs so you know it is what it is yeah a little bit of that jason papa how are you yeah. doing how's the uh, last seven days been for you it's been a good seven days um you know, as far as business goes, numbers on new ethics are amazing. I think a lot of people are still kind of putting some money towards their health, apparently. Um, I've been contacted a lot by people who want to go ahead and look at blood work and kind of go ahead and fix some things up that I think maybe uh, shows were kind of preventing them from doing. So I've signed probably 12 people since all this lockdown stuff kind of went. So um, things are kind of really pretty good on my end. Um my gym uh, is a 24-hour, and although they close gyms in Kentucky, this gym never literally has more than five people at a time in the gym. So the owner just said, I'm going to leave the key fob open. You guys can come and go as you want. Well, unfortunately, I was there yesterday, and a government agent, some jackass must have tattled. So some government agent was there with a badge, and uh, Tony made us all leave. Um, and now we're just going to do kind of like, you got to in there before nine, or you got to go after five, and then... Uh, We'll just see. And he said, if he gets another warning, he'll just, he's just going to shut it down. I came home and did bands. I, I, I like bands, man. I got those elite FTS. I got a shit ton of them. The tensions are great. Like I can flex the hell out of with those things. And my was amazing. I posted a pic in my stories. Like I, I don't really think I'm going to miss a beat, whether I have to train at home or, or, or my gym stays open. I just don't really even worry about it. I'll figure it out. It's kind of how I look at it. So all in all, um, things are, things are pretty solid. And you know, I'm not that stir crazy. Like I go out on the weekends, but during the week I literally help my clients and train. And that's usually about most of my days. And then, you know, run my kids ragged and I don't have to run them anywhere. So that's been nice. So, <laughs> you know, um, this is kind of like a little vacation for me really. So everything's all right. Yeah. I'm kind of like in the same boat, man. Um, not, not a lot's changed. I've, I've signed up three or four clients, gut health, hormones, people mm -hmm. wanting to work on that. So 
I actually had one who was overweight and just wanted to get in better health because they were like, this is a little bit of a wake up call to them. Yeah. So I was like, Oh, okay, cool. So, um, besides the gym being closed to what I presume now to the 14th, cause the governor of Tennessee came out yesterday and gave a stay at home order for the state finally. Um, but people, you know, I'm still going to my gym. Wait, you think you'll be up to open your gym at April 14th? Well, that's when the order ends. So oh. Trump's order is through the end of the month for social distancing. Yeah. Okay. But he's letting the governors do their own thing because on he said business. openly okay. that you've got what goes on in New York isn't going to be the same that goes on no. Mississippi. Like is the theory have, right? Kentucky yeah. has like 304 cases out of 4.5 million. That's point oh 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 six percent. I have a better chance of dying getting in my car every day. Like literally. Yo, Jeff, speaking yeah. of that, I literally just got a notification. In Massachusetts, our governor, Charlie Baker, has extended the stay-at-home advisory and non-essential businesses stay closed until May 4th. Oh, fuck. Yep. Oh, dude, I think and this is know, going all the way through the end of May, man. You know, I, this is going to be in New York. It's going to be in California, and then it's going to spread to the other states, too. But it's always the cities that. Nah, I don't think Kentucky will do a lockdown to the fourth. Dude, so here's the thing it's got a 10% reoccurrence rate. And so I'm like, so we're basically going to lock down a whole country, shutter an entire economy over it. And then if one asshole gets it and just coughs again, or, you know, the transmitters they think is more fecal matter, which is like disgusting, basically, if you really think about that. I've been reading up a lot on it, but you've got. If a ten percent reoccurrence, it could you know just because you beat it one time don't mean you're gonna get, you get that shit again. People just so, have to stop eating ass on Tinder. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> but um, you got you got what they say sixty percent of a population has to get the immunity before it's like declared immune. Oh, like really? That society is to it or something like that. There's a percentage to it, but I'm not saying we open April fourteenth, fifteenth. But what I'm having a hard time wrapping my mind around is like in your situation with your gym. I've got nine thousand square feet, and I'm lucky if I have seventy five people spread out over nine thousand square feet at a given time because I'm a twenty four hour facility, right? Right. And there's like lots of space between everyone, so I'm like. Why can't I go back to business and you give me cleaning standards? Like these are the products we need yep. to use. This is how you clean your gym. This needs to be done. Send out the health inspectors. You got, the, you know, and so forth. And then you got to keep it below a certain occupancy. Why can't they let some of us do that? I, it's like you just killed all the sheep. So me being a, a debt-free company, now I have to like look at entertaining a loan just to make sure if this, because I think it goes through May. My gut says that they hold this shit all the way through May. Like you're going to see because everyone leaving New York, everyone leaving California, people fleeing Florida, like Louisiana, they're going to go to Kentucky. And I can tell you that because when Katrina happened, national no, no one flooded. comes to Kentucky, man. Well, you know what? <laughs> that's why. That's why we. That's why we have three hundred cases. We don't leave, and, and no one comes here. Yeah, okay. Actually, that's a good point. You're right. That's but, why West Virginia had like two for like ever. Yeah. No. No shit. But I, I will say this, the whole thing has me now going, you know, I'm really mad about China and I just want someone at the top to put their pants on and say, this country lied and fucked us. So we are pretty much fucked by them and there has to be some kind of like accountability. I want that. Trump just go burn all those markets where they torture dogs and shit anyways. Well, I just, you know, I want to simply say until you guys fix a few things about how y'all do business. 
like negative we're just not going to do shit with you and then i'm I'm starting to like look about buying everything american like i've been like researching that like products i'm interested in like i'm just gonna buy straight american now i'll just rather pay the cost i'm not fueling that bullshit you know they open the markets back up jeff they close them for a little bit yeah they open them back up they don't give a fuck that's why that's why i said that jeff yeah they're back open they don't give two fucks over there and i'm to the point now where i'm just like fuck them i just want someone to come out and say it and just publicly say, I feel like now. Trump has kind of said that, and then people, <laughs> oh, he's, oh, he's yeah. such a xenophobe, and yep. and it's like, listen, I'm not saying the guy's perfect by any means, but like, I think there is a benefit to doing, you know, American business, made in America stuff, and any kind of company that I can try and support like that, I try and do just because I think it is important, and it mm-hmm. is, um, it is harder. You know what I mean? Like, there's no doubt about it. And I understand why companies want to outsource, but there are a lot of benefits, I think, of doing it here. And there's actually really cool, like, um, you guys know I do jujitsu now and I'm not, like, good at it, but I have to buy, like, gear and stuff, right? So, anybody who doesn't know, it's called a gi. It's like this little outfit that you have to wear. Yeah, I know it is. Yeah. So, there's this company, it's called Origin. And um, basically, they've brought back, I guess, Maine used to be, like, a big manufacturing place. Um, and it got completely just, like, ravaged, like, years ago and, like, just everything shut down. So basically this guy has restarted like all the manufacturing. So they started with geese. Um, they also do like supplements and then now they've gotten into like jeans and boots and whatever. So they're trying to like really just like reestablish like American made stuff. So anytime I can try and buy stuff from them, I do, you know, and it's like, yeah, they're the most expensive geese, but I think it's cool that they make everything here. Like they literally grow the cotton, here. everything is here. So it's like, you know, you have to sometimes put money in certain situations to you know help stuff and especially now like i mean the biggest thing i'm worried about is obviously the economy yeah in this whole situation you know and that's obvious um and it just sucks because there's so many people who you know like we're in a service industry in like some kind of a capacity but like some people are like literally in an industry that it straight up service only matters if people are there like all the businesses i mean all we've had to cancel stuff i had to cancel six trips in eight weeks all of those things would have been I'm flying, I'm staying at hotels, Airbnbs, Ubers, food, like everything, you know? And it's like, I enjoy doing those things and I don't mind spending the money because that supports everything. And now it's just like, man, like it's just so strange. It's it's a nightmare how many jobs have been lost when you start comparing to like Great Depression numbers and different things. And you're just like, you know, I think that's what Trump was saying is, look, we got to get back to work. You know, it's like, yeah, we got to watch. There's hotbeds. We got to we got to protect yeah. them and support them. But we got to start getting the rest of the country back. So, Jeff, as a business owner who has people you need and come in your doors, I hope 14th works for you, man. Yeah. Uh, I do, too, man. But, you know, I just my gut says there's conditions. You haven't had it. But like you've got such a good family atmosphere. You haven't had many people try to pull the oh, I want my membership canceled right now Well, tomorrow my memberships run so i'll be able to give you that update next yeah. week so, i mean that's um, just where it gets shitty it's like dude if you love this place you, you know 30 bucks yeah. ain't gonna kill you or 50 whatever you charge i know you charge a little more for the atmosphere but still yeah I well, people aren't doing that <clears throat> no nah, i mean i think we've had a few but they were like musicians and service people which here in nashville just got completely decimated yeah i mean they don't have any like, money coming I, in i mean yes. if you really think about it dude sporting events movie theaters bars that that just concerts that just changed you're not going to go people aren't going to go and stand shoulder to shoulder anymore i think everything just got flipped upside down for a very long time because i'm like man it gives me the heat i'm just sitting there picturing going to uni, university of tennessee football game this year and you're just crunched in there hundred yeah. sweating on each other you people know sneezing, like, coughing, people sneezing, yeah. coughing yeah. the whole lot I'm not just washing like, their hands throughout the bathroom yeah, yeah. 
So, but anyway, but anyways, um, yeah, I, we could go on forever. Let's, yeah. uh, let's get, let's, let's kinda, move it on down the road. But, um, Lauren, how's your last seven days been? Well, it's been 14 here. I I've been strictly following the procedures because, um, literally like we went out for my birthday, um, the day before we went out on Sunday and then I was like, Oh, okay. You know, whatever. And then all of a sudden Monday hit and it was like coronavirus, everything shut down. So, um, Ryan is a firefighter. So I do, I have been doing as much distancing and literally not going anywhere just because of that. Like, because, you know, if he does come home and he does have something like we won't know. So I'm trying to limit my exposure to really anybody. Um, so luckily we have a full garage gym. He's been prepping for this forever. <laughs> um, any power lifter pretty much knows like we literally have, I mean, it's almost better than some gyms equipment, you know, so we're set from the training perspective. Um, and then I do have a, one of my coaches who lives here you know, she's training here as well because, but that's literally it. Like that's, that's the only interaction that I have. Um, and you guys know I am so extroverted. Um, and like I mentioned before, like I travel multiple times a month. So like my life as far as like coaching and client work hasn't changed, but just like, Hey, like I'm going to go, I'm traveling this week or I'm going to jujitsu or, um, I just started leasing an office. Like, and then that's, that's gone obviously. Um, so there's just a lot of things that have changed. Like just, you know, you just take things for granted. Like, Hey, I'm going to go work at a coffee shop for three hours and Oh, I can't go do that. You know? So, um, it's been interesting, but like I said, I'm trying to really do my part. And as much as I wanted to be doing stuff as much as anybody else, I'm not like, Oh, Hey, there's not that many people at the beach. Let me go. Like, no, I, first of all, I don't go to the beach obviously, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty clear, <laughs> but you know, it just, it, people like I've had friends say that and I'm like, I don't know. Like I get it, but at the same time, it's like, let's just not do that. And then maybe we wouldn't have to be worrying about this, but it's a weird situation. And I'm just happy that, you know, all of us can still do our jobs, um, not the traveling portion and the speaking portion, but we can do, um, you know, working with clients. And this has been a really interesting time for them. And I'm glad that we can still support them because if they didn't have, honestly, I know that I've needed support from people and I know that they need support from, you know, us as their respective coaches, because, it is a tough time and there are a lot of changes that people are going through, especially if you have families, you know, now parents are all of a sudden homeschooling, they might still be, yeah. you know, they have to work at home. Like there's a lot of different things going on. So I'm just really happy that we do have the ability to still coach people um, from, you know, from our house and our office and, um, and do that. So yeah, now, now I'm I hanging. Have, I have a question for you. Did I might you get a volleyball and, you know, draw a face on it soon. And talk <laughs> to it. Did you talk to your landlord about that lease though? Um, so because it's a co-working space, um, it's not really like a landlord. It's just like a company. Mm -hmm. nah, she froze. It's not. So, um, <clears throat> so I think that it's, did I freeze? Sorry. Yeah, you froze. Um, okay. Sorry. I said, because it's a, it's like a co-working space. There's not necessarily like a landlord. It's just kind of like a company and I am still allowed to go. Like it's not closed down. So you can go on your own terms, key card access, et cetera. Um, so I think that's how they're going to, you know, charge people because there's really no, they can say, oh, you can go, like you can easily go. Yeah. So it's kind of like the decision that I'm making to work at home. And, and you know, again, I, I could, there's probably nobody there. So I could easily go and be fully socially distanced. But again, it's like, do I want to risk harming other people and just that. eat two months of rent, you know, so. Yeah. 
Gotta kind of do that. <laughs> That's what I'm looking at with my gym. I was curious if, if your landlord, if you had talked to your landlord about that or not. But um, with that being said, let's jump into this. So we're going to talk about refeeds after we took a little bit of a COVID-19 turn. Um, Lauren, this is like your jam. Um, you just love this stuff. So I'm going to kick it off to you real quick. What's the latest research showing about refeeds? Because it's come a long way over the past couple of years, what they were to what they are now. Yes, certainly there's been a lot of changes um, as far as, you know, coaches implementing refeeds. I think before a few years ago, this would have been like, you're doing what? Um, you know, like, oh, are you you're just lazy? You don't want to, you can't diet hard enough. And now we're looking at it more as a tool that can actually be effective for our clients. So where I did my research as an, a graduate student at USF, Dr. Bill Campbell's lab, they actually just published a study on the exact protocol that myself and many coaches use. Obviously, Jason, you know about this because of Gorman. And um, so it's a, you know, we actually just did a refeed study and a diet break study. So we have that coming out soon as well. And the cool thing about Dr. Campbell's lab is that a lot of times when you're reading research, it's, it's not as pinpointed to what we would want, right? But the, he talks to myself and other coaches on a weekly basis. And that's how we actually formulate the research. Hey, what are you guys doing in the trenches as coaches? We want to research this. So we take people who are normal weight individuals trying to get leaner. So it's not an obese population dieting down. These are people who are resistance training. These are people who are tracking their food. Every one of Dr. Campbell's studies now has somebody, if there's training involved, which are typically always is, they have a basically like a trainer with them. They have a training program. And then there is somebody there supervising them the entire time. And then they have a nutrition coach as well. So they get to check in with people with their diet. So like when I did my study, we didn't have those resources. It was me, my uh, assistant who helped me out. And then Dr. Campbell, like we didn't have any of that stuff, but now they've really built up a cool um, atmosphere there. So um, their physique science club, I presented it to them like a few months ago. There was like 25 kids in the physique science club. Like what? <laughs> and it's so awesome. So like all of them participate. Um, it's super, it's all the stuff that we like, he's basically researching. Um, so they did actually do a study where it was a baseline period of tracking for two weeks, got a handle on what they were eating um, as far as baseline calories, and then they did a seven-week diet. So there was a seven-week either continuous diet, so they ate the same amount of calories every single day, seven weeks, or they had five days of low days and then two refeed days. And the way that it worked was that the deficit was the same for both. That's obviously how research has to work, but it was different implementation. So for the seven day diet, it was a 25% caloric reduction. For the refeed group, it was a 35% reduction for five days and then 100%, so AKA maintenance, for those two days. And the maintenance calories, the increase only came from carbohydrates, which is typically what most coaches in our situation would do. Um, so it was really, really awesome that we got to see this research. Like that's pretty much textbook, like what all of us would do, not textbook, but it pretty much what we would like to implement, right? Like, Hey, two refeeds from carbs, you know, people who are actually training, people who are tracking, like they actually know what they're doing. Um, so seven, over seven week diet, which for anybody who's listening, you're like, Oh, seven weeks isn't shit. Well, in a university setting, you have to be aware of certain things. So they had a two week baseline period and a seven week diet. So that's nine weeks. There's only so many weeks in a semester. and in my study, we did it over two semesters, and that's really, really hard, particularly if it's a training study. So these people are coming to the lab four days a week, every week, and doing three different testing bouts. So you can really only keep people there for so long. So if you guys are listening and saying, why isn't it longer? That's why. <laughs> um, so they had about 27 people finish, and they basically saw that in both groups, they had about the same fat mass reduction, but the 
um, refeed group had better lean body mass retention, and therefore they also had a little bit higher RMRs as well, which of course, most of the RMR variance comes from muscle mass changes, so that would make sense. Um, so it's pretty cool to see like, hey, fat mass reduction, same, but we actually retained more lean body mass, which as we all know as coaches, is really one of the most important things, and arguably losing fat, losing fat free mass is really where you see a lot of the negative hormonal adaptations and just adaptations in general from dieting. So that was, um, that's one of the coolest things that we've hypothesized with refeeds being helpful. Um, and we actually got to see it in the literature. Of course, it's only one study. Um, but it's something that all of us have been seeing for years and years now. So it was really cool to actually see it in practice. Um, I'm just really happy. They just published that. I can send you guys the link. It's open access. You can put it in the show notes. Sweet. People can read it. Excellent. Yeah. So that's research. <laughs> but, uh, and, and literally I'm so excited we got to talk about this now because the paper is finally out. Um, mm-hmm. and it's really cool to, because, you know, this research takes forever to, you know, we, that study happened a while ago and now it's finally just coming out. And that's just the nature of academia, which is why it's always a little bit behind what coaches are doing. Um, but what I think is so awesome that Campbell is doing, like I said, is, you know, doing research on diet breaks, refeeds, all the things that are actually pertinent to what we do. And they're actually using real life coaches to help out. Mm-hmm. You guys got any questions? I'm, I'm just curious. I don't think this happened. Uh, was it looked at Lauren um, just using one refeed a week? No. So not for this okay. one. So um, really where this came from, um, kind of the theoretical model was something that Eric Helms proposed years ago. And his example, I always try to credit him with this, is was circling the drain, right? So when we're dieting, we're having these adaptations and we're going down the drain, right? That's pretty obvious. And you can't get away from that the leaner that you get, particularly when we're getting very, very lean for, let's say, like a physique competition. So you're circling the drain. And if you have maybe one refeed, you might stop it. But if you have two, you might be able to bring it back up. And there was some initial research, actually, that was looking at LH pulsatility that showed... Um, and this was obviously in females, um, not males. The study that was at Dr. Campbell's lab was mixed. But um, so looking at females, LH pulsatility, it was actually preserved better when they had two higher days of food versus one higher day. But the um, the calories were the same. So trying to think of how to say this concisely. So basically, there was one really big refeed or two refeeds that were smaller, but they equated to the same amount as the one, right? So you had one giant or two moderate, and the two moderate were actually better. So that was the first basis of kind of Helms's interpretation, like, hey, you know, if we're trying to stop adaptations, theoretically, this could work. Um, And in practice, he started doing this, I started doing this. Um, I know a lot of coaches have done this. And, you know, if you listen to Eric or myself or anybody really, I always try to say, hey, like, we're going to use zero to three refeeds. (laughs) Because ideally, you know, I used to always say, oh, two refeeds, that's what, you know, everybody's been talking about. That's what's been shown. It works really well. In practice, what we see in research doesn't always, you know, fallout. Um, and the most important thing that I've actually changed my position on over the years is how many refeeds and when. So I used to say, oh, everybody starts with a five and two split because that's ideal, right? Like that's what's optimal. Yes. But if we're not getting fat loss going, I'd rather have zero to one refeeds or just, you know, none at all in the beginning of a diet when somebody has a lot more body fat versus at the end of a diet where they might need two or three refeeds in a row because they're so lean. So in research that hasn't been looked at in the way that Campbell looked at it, only because the five and two split was like theoretically, hey, you know, if we're going to pick one, this is going to be better. And realistically, if we had bigger subject pool, they probably would have been able to do like a zero, a one or a two refeed split. But when you only have 27 people finishing out of the almost 60 people recruited, it's really hard to split that into three groups and actually see any statistical significance. Yeah, makes sense. 
the one yeah. thing too I'd be really curious about is like how far can you push the five? Like in other words, like sometimes, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, like I'll push it to six days where I'd actually do medium and lows, three of them, but they're every other day. Yeah. And then I do two highs. Yeah. So I'm pushing it six days mm-hmm. and it's like, how many days can I push it and leave you depleted, yeah. but still get the effect? And I'm just oh, yeah. curious, you know what I mean? I, I, it'd be cool to see that as well mm-hmm. as all. And that's always, you know, that's always the, the nerd stuff that we want to do because like yeah. we're interested in all this, but also yeah. like really practical. Um, and that's where I think that science is important to look at a, as a theoretical framework. Hey, you know, this makes sense. Let's be closer to here. But, you know, sometimes it's going to be plus or minus around this because there's never going to be a perfect study. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's honestly amazing what they've done at this lab, the people that they're recruiting, um, the level of, you know, commitment that we're seeing now, but it's still very rare, you know? So it's, it's very hard to get people who are going to train, come in on time, push themselves, eat on a diet, not get paid. I mean, there's a lot here right now. Some of the cool research, Mm -hmm. um, you know, if they have these big grants and funding is they will get, Hey, food is provided. So actually one of the biggest, um, studies that they've modeled um, the modeled you froze it okay um, so they modeled it after what's called the matador summit study m-a-t-d-o-r um, and basically they looked at this was two weeks of dieting and two weeks of maintenance okay. for yep. x amount of time versus just continuous dieting so obviously it was double the time dieting, but they had weeks of maintenance sandwiched in between and they actually saw better results. Now it's actually one of the best studies I've ever read as far as how meticulous it was. Again, I can send you guys that link and you can put it in the show notes. Sure. Um, please do. Super meticulous for the, um, the design. Like I almost couldn't say there's anything they need to change besides let's just replicate it. <laughs> um, the only thing is they it was really awesome was that they were literally given all the food. The participants were given the food. So that kind of stuff is where it's like, whoa, like this yeah. is awesome. Now, the population was overweight, sedentary men, okay. not really pertinent to us, yep. but that's where Campbell has said, okay, now we're taking it. We've done the diet break research to where it's modeled off of that. Um, but again, you know, we can't provide all that stuff, but it's pretty cool. So there is some yeah. research to where it's done, but it's just, you got to get that kind of funding. You know, you got to sure. be at a huge university, you got to, you know, whatever. So we're lucky if we get some money to like, Hey, take some blood and, you know, give them protein right. afterwards. Right. <laughs> like, that's exciting. Um, and I know like when I got a grant, you know, we bought a new RMR, you know, so that's the kind of stuff that you have to do on a smaller scale. Um, but it is growing. And I think that this kind of research will start coming out more. Um, and it's, it's really cool to see just because again, it gives coaches a practical guideline of, Hey, here's where we should kind of be. Here's a theoretical framework. And then going above and below this is probably a good idea going really far outside of these things might not be ideal. I have another question for you. Have you just tried, because one of the other things that I do sometimes is three low and one high. So you're mm-hmm. getting two refeeds basically, yes. you know, every seventh or eighth day, but they're not back to back. Is there something that's really uh, pertinent about back to back? So theoretically, I'm curious what you think. The metabolic adaptations, or halting the metabolic adaptations have been seen to be, minimized with the back-to-back nature versus splitting it up. So that's where the two consecutive refeeds came in versus two over a seven or eight day period. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's kind of what we've seen from some of the, Mm -hmm. um, the more hormonal side of things. Again, these are not, you know, exactly our population, 
but it's still a, you know, female exercising kind of a population, maybe more like endurance or whoever they can get like leisurely activity kind of people. But that's what has been the benefit of putting them back to back. Um, and then also kind of as a side thing, what I saw in practice was that even for myself, when I used to do things like, hey, three low, one high, it, it sometimes it works for people who like maybe a client really struggles, like, Hey, every Thursday hits and I'm kind of really struggling. Right. And I'd really like to have something to look forward to. Right. But on the flip side, there's people who are very, um, you know, they really look forward to the weekends or they really look forward to, Hey, I love my schedule Monday through Friday with work. And then Saturday, Sunday is a little bit different. So they kind right. of like the two there. So it's always going to depend on the client as far as execution goes. Like, yeah, great. If your LH pull still is a little bit better, but if you're going to overeat, that doesn't matter, right? We need to make sure that practically you can stay on this. I've just seen that a lot of people really thrive with the two consecutive because it's like, hey, I get these two days, oh, I get to kind of relax and you know, it's going to be on a, typically on a Saturday and Sunday. So it's going to be a little bit different of a schedule than like their work week. Um, but there's a lot of times where, hey, we're not having refeeds. And that was, like I said, one of the biggest things that I actually changed as a coach over the past few years was I always thought, oh, optimal five and two, we got to start there. But I started started realizing that for a lot of clients, it just wasn't cutting it to start their fat loss. No. So I, I preface it now and say, Hey, you know, we might get a refeed. And if I've worked with them before and done multiple diet cycles, I might even say, Hey, we're doing no refeeds to start. We're going to start a little bit lower, a little more aggressive, get this chipping. And then we can actually add them in and you respond better. That's how I do is it gets yeah. close to the show. Mm -hmm. I get to the two and most of my girls are now yeah. at the two and something I'm doing that actually uh, you know, new ethics might be willing to donate product at some point. If anything, these types of things are curious, but what I'm doing is I call it more like a cortisol reset. I'm, I'm giving probably about 220 carbs. Um, and back to back, I'm pulling all cardio, all training, and I'm doing cordies every mm -hmm. three hours. And mm -hmm. my girls are just hitting new lows, like, like no other. And, um, it's keeping them a lot healthier too. And so my, mm -hmm. obviously my theory is that I'm bringing their cortisol back mm -hmm. in a pretty aggressive way by doing that. And that that is also, you know, improving hormonal balance and everything else. So, um, I don't have anything other than anecdotal to back it up, but you know, those are types of things that if ever down the line, the lab was looking to different, you know, try different things in that way, maybe new ethics would be interested. So. Yeah, I, uh, I can put you in contact for sure. And, you know, that's something that, you know, when research is done, like those are the practical things, right? Like, hey, if you, you know, if you want to test out a new theory and whether it's a product involved or not, there's going to have to be some kind of funding. There's going to have to be some kind of, hey, we want to get blood work done. Well, where's that money coming from, right? People don't realize that schools don't just have money sitting around. Like they have to typically get funding for that. And we don't do... Um, lab in we don't do blood work in the lab we send them to like a lab corp or whatever it just gets yep. kind of dicey with what we have access to um so we have done some studies actually where we've done that recently um and you know people have donated money and that's where it's like hey this is how it's going to get done um they actually did a post show case study oh, i mean it was like eight people mm -hmm. so i guess you call that a case study mm -hmm. um where they basically they all dieted down different shows but just end body fat and then they tested them several times afterwards and they had full blood labs done as well. Um, as well as just seeing what they were, basically they were just tracking what they did afterwards. They weren't mm -hmm. saying, Hey, like you have to do a certain protocol. Yeah. Um, so that was super cool and really, really insightful. But again, it's like somebody had to pay for that, right? Because yeah. it's money doesn't come out of nowhere for labs. <laughs> um, but yeah, I can definitely put you in contact because I think that's super interesting as well. And I actually like doing that. And that's a question I get a lot about refeeds actually is how do you structure them? Should I train on my refeed days? Should I take it to 
full break, et cetera. Um, I obviously, again, think it depends on the client, but I have seen success when people will, like basically if you have two refeeds in a row, typically that third day and then fourth day is when I see the best training. So you've had time to kind of synthesize the glycogen, let everything sit, kind of rest a little bit. So say you have Saturday, Sunday, double refeed, Monday, Tuesday, you're going to be feeling pretty good. By Wednesday, you're going to be pretty flat again. That's the reality. But that's kind of when I say, hey, like, you know, you can have a refeed and not actually train hard that day. I'd rather you do it afterwards. Again, it'll depend on somebody's schedule. Yep. Um, but just because you have higher food that day does not mean at all right. that you need to kill it. And it might actually help to have full break um, yep. and just, you know, double up on other days. That's why I've been doing it, the full break, to really just get the cortisol down and to get – I make them sleep. I make them get to bed earlier too because sleep's so big for oh. bringing inflammation down and, and, you know, just fat we loss. We should do stuff. a podcast on that. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> right. Yeah. So all of it together, um, I've just been getting a lot of success. But like you said, I don't start out that way. Um, a lot of times mm-hmm. someone's got too much body fat or they're just – looking like they're, you know, they had a good off season and eating. I don't use one at all because they got plenty of fat and I, their carbs are high enough, you know. Um, I think that would be, yeah. whenever that, one of the shows I do, where it was like, you know, there's no point doing a refeed right at the beginning when your carbs are high enough and you're not flattening out big time right away, so. Yes, and you know, you're going to spare a lot more muscle when you have more body fat, right? Like if you're close to stage, that's where you're really at the highest risk, of course, of losing body fat. And I, you know, mostly work with almost all natural, athletes. So I have to really be careful with that, which is why these kind of strategies are super important. Um, but yeah, in the beginning of a diet, it's like, Hey, I'd much rather us get a little bit more aggressive, maybe even do kind of like an insulin reset kind of strategy. Um, be really particular about this hammer it. And then also the clients are really excited about dieting at that point, right? Right. Like you don't really have to convince people to start to be motivated and sticking to it. Whereas, you know, down the line, when you say, Hey, take a double refeed this week, and don't do cardio people are like freaking out they're so happy, happy. yes agree. <laughs> so i think that it you know but in the beginning if you're like hey we're really going to push it people are like yeah i'm ready so you know psychologically and we're actually going to do because of this i've talked to campbell about this theory as well we're actually going to do a rapid fat loss study well actually it should have been now but oh, wow. that didn't oh, happen yeah um right. so soon um uh, because the schools are shut down for non-essential mm-hmm. research um but so we're going to be doing a rapid fat loss study too and see hey you get really, really aggressive for a short amount of time. You know, at what point is too much and does this actually help? Right. Because yeah. like I talked to him like, Hey, people are excited in the beginning to diet, yeah. but at what point do we see, start seeing these negative adaptations from that's it? when so, I use my hit early on too. And then I usually have to pull it for cortisol reasons, but yeah, I I'm, I'm on the same page and I'd be actually really interested in that, in that study, but uh, I'll quit blabbing guys. Do you have any questions you want to yeah. jump in on? Yeah. Lauren, um, with your two, with the two day refeed, what, like, can you speculate as to what's going on hormonally, maybe with thyroid or, or why is there like a lag between, you know, one day versus two? Like what's going on that second day? So I think that it's just more time basically is, is my thought. Like you're just kind of giving the body like almost like that. that so a lot of people will call it like the whoosh effect. Right. And that's more. Of the, Uh-oh. There's a few things with with higher food, right? So there's leptin. People yeah. always talk about leptin. Um, in my opinion, leptin is so transient that even if there are leptin changes, mm-hmm. the changes that we're going to see, if somebody is still in a chronic calorie deficit, are not going to be that important, in my opinion. Right, right. Yeah. now, do we still see temporary changes in leptin from a double refeed? So that potentially, you know, again, Monday and maybe even Tuesday are slightly more 
you know, okay. Like you're not as ravenous, right? Like, so there's different things there. Um, so that's one thing people always talk about three feeds is leptin. I'm not too convinced on that because obviously the leaner somebody less gets. Less intense, I guess. But the levels it's just, of it's leptin. It's so are- transient. Yeah. Like basically leptin is hundred percent controlled mostly controlled, not 100%, mostly controlled by fat cells. So the right. smaller your fat cells are, the more sensitive they are, particularly to leptin. So even if you have a one or two day refeed, it's not really changing it that much. So I'm not holding my hat on the leptin argument at all, all in this position. Um, I do think that it could potentially have cortisol um, changes, you know, lowering cortisol. Obviously we know that with, um, with carbs in general, but then also something else kind of from the muscular perspective is if there is a little bit of higher insulin and you know, you're going to maybe have better training, better recovery, better muscle protein synthesis. I think that's where we're seeing a lot of these positive things. And the fact that we're not just stripping people of lean body mass is what's helping kind of everything else. In my opinion is really where the key point of the refeed, where the refeeds come from um, is kind of maintaining that lean body mass, and again, because so say you have a refeed Saturday, Sunday, again, just as an example, Monday, Tuesday, you have better training. Well, what does that mean? You might actually be preserving muscle tissue better because you actually had better training intensity. So there's a few factors going into there. They didn't measure insulin in the, in the, that current study. Again, it comes down to, you know, funding and kind of all that. A few people did cha- um, look at leptin, but there wasn't huge changes. Um, and as far as like the hormonal aspect goes, as far as like I said before, like the LH pulsatility, and I think it's just like a time thing. I think it, like Eric's example, you're going down the drain and you either stop it or maybe you go a little bit up. And that's kind of the best way that I can think conceptually to describe it. And I don't know much else outside right. of that, but, um, I, I think it's just a time. And like we see, yeah, like we see everything with hormones is time, right? Like, you know, people always say, oh, I feel like shit after a show. And I'm like, well, when's, how long did you diet? Oh, t- 10 months. Okay. Well, buckle up. It's going to be hard for a while. Right. And there's nothing that we do, no amount of food, no amount of sleep, no amount of supplements, whatever. You're still going to have to take time to recover. Now that time can be shortened, but it's still just going to take time. So I think the same way with the adaptations is, Hey, if we just have a little bit more time kind of in this break period, whether it's maintenance or even maybe even higher, like you were talking about Jason, like having these like higher days, you know, I think that's kind of when your body goes, Oh, okay. I'm safe. Some of the extremes that you've seen that or have you had to do? So for example, like, have you ever had to, to give someone like a week of high calories and high carbs? Um, oh yeah, that would be a diet break, like a straight up cheat meal, like almost like a you know, like like a skip load type thing, you know, like. So, I don't really usually do that because I work with mostly females um, and who are normal size, right? Um, you know, if we're talking about pretty much, if somebody is not a competition phase, right? Like this is less important, right? Like you need less refeeds, less aggressive stuff. Say we're talking about a competitor. I'm typically dealing with bikini and figure competitors who are just much smaller than, you know, a male who's eating 800 carbs in the off season, like stuff like that. Right. So I'm not really seeing anything to where I'm saying, Hey, go have this crazy meal and go do all this stuff. Now I will do diet breaks and I do those semi-regularly. So that would be basically a week at air quotes maintenance, which of course we don't know what maintenance is at that point, but we're assuming if they've had refeeds, that's typically where I put them. Um, so say they have a 200 carb refeed, right? And they're on 120 carbs normally. Hey, let's do a week of 200 carbs, drop your cardio in half, and let's see where you're at. Um, or if they're not having refeeds, I might just bump it up you know, several hundred calories just coming mostly from carbs. So I will do that for clients. Um, it will, of course, depend on how they're responding, where they're at, 
And a lot of times it's actually when people don't expect it, right? They're kind of at that breaking point. Um, and it's not necessarily even a mental breaking point. Like they don't want to stick to the diet. It's more of like my body feels like, like it's almost like an intuitive feeling. Like when I read somebody's update that I can just tell, <laughs> I'm like, wow, like you need a break. Like I can just read through this. Like you need something. Um, so sometimes it's, if they haven't been having refeeds, I might give them two or three refeeds. And sometimes it's like, Hey, take a whole week and see where this, see how you feel. And more times than not, people feel better from that. Um, not always, but typically they do. So I will do that um, for a client. Um, it just depends on how they're progressing. And one thing that I've actually been doing, which I think would be really pertinent to talk about now, given the situation of life, is reversing people into shows. Mm. So um, this is something I started doing last year when I had the opportunity to, and just because it is so hard typically to get people lean enough and then have enough time before their first show. Um, but for clients that I was able to do this with, basically I started just walking up their calories either on a higher refeed frequency or just higher daily totals. Um, and to the point where I had some clients who were, I mean, absolutely peeled and they're eating 230 carbs and they're normal women, you know, like they're normal size women and they're absolutely shredded. Right. So it's, you know, is that the norm? No. <laughs> um, but that is possible. And I think that right now, particularly we're in this situation where, um, we're recording this the last day of March and we don't really know what's going on with the show schedules. Um, so what I've pretty much told all my clients to do is, Hey, if you're prepping for a show and you want to continue to prep, which pretty much everybody has, we're just dieting until you're stage ready. And then we're going to add food in. And then if we do have to pull the plug because shows aren't until super late and you're, you know, that's not healthy for your body, then we'll discuss that then. But for now we're in a position to where I think that, you know, we're still going to have shows, you know what I mean? It's just a matter of one. So that's actually a strategy that I, I plan on using at this point. So it's either adding in more food on a daily basis or just kind of increasing, Hey, you had two refeeds or one refeed. Let's do three. Kind of see how you're doing. Okay. Yeah, I actually have a question for you, but it's about the research. So yeah. over 60 started, but under 30 finished. Why do you think that was? Oh, that's super common. <laughs> okay. super, super common. So like I said in the beginning, um, they, are, they are not, um, they're not being paid. They have to come into the lab four times to train. Mm -hmm. They have to come in three times for testing. Um, so I actually in research, you have to write down why um, people dropped out. So I will actually write it all out. <laughs> I'll tell yeah, you no, I was right just now. Curious 58, things yeah. yeah. Uh, basically it, it says like, you know, 58 started um, a few never completed all the baseline testing again, common people sign up for stuff. Don't fucking finish it. Um, 28 <laughs> withdrew from the study. So that pretty much means that they started and that they most likely just kind of fell off. And if somebody, if we're asking people to come in and train a certain amount of times and they're not doing that, well, that's not going to work. Um, and then there was a few that at the end of the study basically said like, yeah, I wasn't a hundred percent with the diet, you know, and that you have to okay. withdraw those people. Um, yeah. so when it says like, Hey, like 20 people, you know, quit for the coalition, which is exactly what happened for my study. People just stop showing up and you call them, you email them, you text them, and they don't, you know, and, no and you can't, force, you can't force people to do stuff, you know, and, and it's very unfortunate. And, um, you know, I just wish like, Hey, just don't sign up. Right. But that's actually why you have to recruit those high numbers because we yeah. expect a big dropout rate. And when I first, when I was doing my study and Campbell is, he's, he's one of the most interesting people, like his personality is very dry. He's very like dry sense of humor. It's amazing. Um, and he's very like, not not negative, but like super realist to where he's like, 
hey, you need to recruit at least 50 people because over half of them are going to drop out. And I'm like, it's my first study. Like, why are you telling me this? He's like, no, they're going to. Like, and I'm like, why? He's like, because they don't want to do it. And I'm like, okay. And it's literally true. Like people, you have to recruit way more people than you think you're going to need because they are going to fall off. And then there's always going to be people who like at the end, like they finish it out. And then they're like, oh yeah, by the way, I did this. And you're like, hey, yep. we clearly told you not to do yeah. Like, for example, we had somebody in my study who, who started taking creatine and gained a bunch of weight, which is all <laughs> going to be water weight, which is all going to look like lean body mass. Muscle, and I'm like, yeah. we're looking at body comp. Like, you can't do that. Right. <laughs> so it's – and at this point, when I did my research, we didn't have the body water machine. Now we do, so we can actually see that, which is cool. <laughs> but still, it's just, it's just comical what people think is, like, okay. <laughs> um, and, and luckily, you know, they did recruit enough people to where – they still had a very valid study. Um, but yeah, that's super, super common. Okay, cool. I didn't know, but it was nice yeah. to hear like you guys took some variable controls on that, like made sure it's not oh, yeah. really, really tight. So, Oh, there's a, there's many researchers who don't do that. Um, and it's very sad because I mean, again, this is not life or death stuff. We're talking about carbs, right? But you know, there's obviously scientists who are in a, position to where they're studying very, very important things. And it, you know, if you're lying, like that's so bad. And, and there are people who that I, I know who've done that. And it's literally a scientific again. research. Like, please get a hold of yourself. <laughs> uh, like, <laughs> um, now I have a question for you. And then, yeah. unless you guys got a question, you all got a question. I, I'm okay for now. I mean, I, I have one I could throw at her, but you haven't asked a bunch. Go ahead. Yeah. So my question is, the five low two high. We talked about that. How how that relates in you know terms of physique competition and mm -hmm. so forth. I think. How would you take that and apply that research with an average show, average Shang, general lifestyle client? Because we're gonna have a, quite a few of those are our listeners too. Yeah, because oh, they're yeah. gonna want a free meal. Yeah, and that's that's one thing I want to bring up too was. Like it makes it a refeed is completely different than a, than a free meal. Very and let's, I think it's important. We kind of break that down and out. So, yes. So a refeed, especially in the context of what we were talking about in the study was that it's, um, you know, you're looking at exact maintenance, basically what they were at maintenance to the begin with. They use those exact calories and they were all from carbohydrates. Um, so some people do like wonky stuff with change this, change that pretty much if I'm giving a client a refeed, Hey, you're upping your carbs. Like we're not changing anything else. Keeping that consistent, eat more carbs. Um, now for lifestyle clients, I a hundred percent will do refeeds for lifestyle clients as well. Um, their goal is to still get lean. Pretty much everybody who works with me, you know, if they're trying to diet, like they still want to, you know, get leaner, right? Are they going to get on stage and get to those same levels of body fat? No. Um, but we're, I'm still going to use that because it is psychologically very helpful. Um, it is something to look forward to and it does help with their training. So if we can continue to push training, I'm super happy, right? And if we can hold on to lean body mass, even if you're a lifestyle client, that's still important. Obviously, it's not as important as if you're a competition client, but it's still incredibly important. Um, and mostly, like I said, it comes from that kind of psychological place as well. So for lifestyle clients, though, we do have the opportunity, and this is something that you know I talk about, I've talked about the physique, um, the PEC, and you know, is sometimes I'll do these untracked meals. And obviously, again, it's going to be different in a dieting situation to where it's not just like, hey, have you know, whatever you want, right? But it could be like, hey, here are your targets beforehand, and I want you to go have dinner. Here's roughly what dinner should look like, but go have that untracked. So I will do that for certain clients, and the targets that I give them beforehand are still fairly conservative, so that even if they do have a bigger meal, 
it's still just going to be like a refeed meal. Um, and so there's no real perfect way of doing that. And it's going to depend on the client. And again, that's going to kind of come down to the check-in to where they say like, you know, depending on the week, right. It might be like, Hey, this is a better week. Like right now for most of my clients, not all, but most I'm saying, Hey, like let's double down on your diet. There's you don't have shit to do. <laughs> you can't go out and socialize, which is really the hardest part about sticking to a diet is you want to go out, you want to socialize, you want to eat out, you want to hang out with your friends. You're not doing that right now. So let's double down on our dieting effort because you're quarantined. Yes, you're around food all day. Now, some people, it's not working out that way because of other life situations, and that's totally fine. Um, but in a regular life situation, there's going to be times where people are like, hey, this weekend I have XYZ coming up. So I might say, hey, you know what? Instead of two refeeds, we're just going to do six normal days, and then you're going to have these targets beforehand, and then go have an untracked meal for that event. Perfect. And then we'll assess from there, right? So it's all about kind of playing with it for the for the lifestyle client, for the competition client. It's kind of like, hey, you know, you kind of got to suck this up. Like, I've gone to plenty of events and just drank water and been hungry. That's what you need to do too. And if, you know, somebody doesn't want to do that, then it's probably not the best time for them to do competition prep. Um, but for a lifestyle client, it's going to be a lot more lenient. Um, and they have to understand that too. Like if, if say we do that for a few weeks in a row and they're like, Hey, I'm not making any progress. I'm like, well, you wanted to do this. So there has to be a trade-off somewhere, right? Um, I don't want to keep you dieting forever, but I also want to work in, you know, your regular life, but we have to come somewhere, somewhere in the middle. Um, so yes, I still do use refeeds for lifestyle clients. I'm a big proponent of it again, just from a social and kind of lifestyle perspective. And yeah. <laughs> So is it kind of the same? I mean, I know for me, uh, when a lot of these people start out, um, they're not in the leanest shape. And so whether I need to do some sort of reset, diet them first before they'd ever gain lean mass, I might only give them one free meal. But mm -hmm. what do you do as they get leaner? Are you, do you have a second day that is then controlled? Like, so you might say, all right, Saturday, you get this refeed, um, maybe keep it lower fat, but carbs are higher. And then on, Sat on Sunday, are you saying you're going to do 200? carbs for the day or do you not ever do that it'll just depend on the client um but yes that definitely happens um there's sometimes where i say hey we're doing no refeeds no untracked meals other times it's hey we're doing two untracked meals other times it's we're doing strictly refeeds sometimes we mix it and sometimes it'll just change week by week depending on again what they have going on if somebody has a pretty stable life and they don't really have anything that's happening um you know okay hey let's just you know let's just track this but i deal with a lot of very very type A neurotic clients who are overcoming a lot of eating issues. I want to say eating disorders, but kind of disordered eating. So I'm heavily pushing for them to be able to eat two untracked meals because the untracked meal is not a cheat meal. The untracked meal is I made stir fry with my husband and I got to eat it and it wasn't like the last supper. Mm -hmm. That's a huge win for me. So that's really what I'm kind of working on when it's an untracked meal. Obviously that's a whole different conversation and kind of, again, what I focus on in our talk in Georgia and would have been Nashville sad, but yeah. we'll whatever we decide next, we'll be doing it there. Um, and that's really where I'm coming from with that. Right. So this is, this is okay. Hey, we've already developed these solid habits and whatever. And now we're trying to actually pull away from the, Oh, if I don't have my fitness pal, I don't know how to eat. That's a whole different client. Right. So the client who's just kind of starting out and is still trying to get a grasp on consistency, that's where a little bit more of that tracking and a little bit more direction is going to help them. Um, and even if I do say, Hey, go have an untracked meal, I might give them suggestions or say, Hey, yeah, where are you going this week? And let's too. kind of plan it. <laughs> yeah. So, but then sometimes when people are on the other end of it, they can't have a bite of rice. that's not untracked without crying. So you're like, Whoa, we got to work on that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> so mm -hmm. it just kind of depends, but yeah, I like, I like interchanging them, honestly. Um, 
And, but again, for the competition client, it's going to be a little stricter with all that pretty much at all times. Besides, like I had a lot of people start dieting, um, early this year. So like late 2019 for, you know, early this year, which of course didn't really pan out, but in any yeah. case they were dieting through the holidays. So, you know, Hey, it's Christmas, you know, yeah. be smart, but you can eat Christmas. You know, I'm not going to, Hey, track your Christmas dinner, you right. know, like unless they were in peak <laughs> week or something, they weren't. Right. which I've actually, I was in peak week on Thanksgiving one year. So I did track my Thanksgiving to the T one year. Um, so it even everything, <laughs> but you know, so it is, yeah, that was pretty, I mean, it's fine. We have it at my house. So it was no really big issue, but it definitely was like, Oh man, this is an interesting day to track <laughs> everything. Yeah. Right. Lots of Turkey. <laughs> now, um, are you guys looking at expanding the, the next round of all this? And what I mean by that, would you guys do blood work and things like that? Is that being looked at to understand like hormonal response, but the difference between men and women, because I know that there's a difference in how the body takes leptin between the two sexes, obviously response to progesterone, the response of estrogen, testosterone. So what are you guys kind of planning there? Again, that comes down a hundred percent to funding. Um, okay. So at this point we have a amazing training facility we have, we've built up the lab to be awesome. Um, you know, basically when I started there, like it was nothing and now we've built it to be really, really great. Um, and we have people who are very well trained on how to coach people, how to train. We have a great staff of nutrition coaches, um, who help out with kind of helping out with that research. And we have all of the best, in my opinion, body comp measurement tools. So we have two different RMRs, we have the body water machine, we have two different types of um, body comp measurements that we use. So pretty much all of that is set and we can do literally any kind of body composition, diet, training study that we need to do. Um, obviously blood work is the next piece. And like I said, we do not have the staff or the size of the school to have a full-time like a phlebotomist come in and like do all the lab work there. And labs are very, very expensive when you're doing it like in this kind of a way. Right. Um, so pretty much again, it comes down to funding and like in this study, the refeed study, there was a small subset of people who got their leptin done, right? Was it everybody? No, it was a small subset, et cetera, et cetera. Obviously the goal would be to do full everything, right? We have body comp, we have training, we have diet, we have hormones. Um, you know, but again, it's just going to come down to the types of funding that we get. Um, but Campbell is not opposed to that at all. It's just a matter of practicality. Um, and then of course, you know, you got to convince people, Hey, you got to come do all this stuff and go get your blood work done. And some people don't want to do that either. You know, even yeah, if it's I'm like, they're not totally paying bad. for it, right? <laughs> like you'd be amazed at the stuff, you know, no, but I, then again, I, you'd I, also be amazed. Well, yeah, you guys know, but you'd I also be amazed. Yeah. Do I had, I had somebody, one of my friends, when I did my study, you had to come in five times over 22 weeks and she drove from Tallahassee to Tampa to do that study because she was one of my friends from Florida State. Damn. Yes. Yeah. So guys, there's people. We'll do cool stuff on both ends. <laughs> yeah. You guys got any questions? I'm good on mine for now. All right. Uh, you know, we have a study like that up here. I don't know, Lauren, have you ever heard of the school called Framingham State in Massachusetts? I don't know. I don't think so. They but... have a very good um, nutrition program. It's like, okay. They like recognizing they do these yeah. studies all the time and I always see like ads for them and they'll provide you food and they'll actually pay you too. That's and awesome. Is that like, and they have like a really poor, like, you know, um, you know, compliance rate, I guess. Like you said, you know, they have a lot of people, but then like at the end, only like 20 people will be left. And I think like, this is just me thinking, right. And I don't know if this is true or not, but I think a lot of these people like enter these studies as like a, a free coaching, like free diet type of thing. 
They're like, oh, this is my chance to like get my food made for me and like I can diet down, lose some weight. And then they're like, oh, this sucks. Like, they quit for like, the same reasons why people would quit like coaching, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it gets hard. hard. Yeah. <laughs> it is just so hard to like, you know, I empathize with you because it's so hard to control these variables, especially if they're making their meals at home. You don't know if they're snacking and you know, like with training clients, they sometimes won't tell you if they had a cheat meal, you know? Yeah. So it's yeah. just, it's wild. All the things you have to control. <laughs> uh, you froze up again. Yeah. Uh -oh. She's like really frozen. Uh oh, Oh no. Let's give Can her a minute. Yeah. We'll give her a minute. Uh, yeah. Those studies are tough though. You know? Yeah. Well, I would, do that. I would participate. Yeah, because you got, you're a hardcore bodybuilder. I would love it too. If I want to do an OI study. I just wish they would just study me, but they won't even do it. <laughs> you froze. Yeah, you guys were all frozen. I was like, ah, oh, can anybody hear me? Nah, <laughs> we're, we're, we're just bullshitting. We're just okay. Yeah. You're like Lauren sucks. I don't know what she's written about. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's that. It's definitely one of the hardest things. Um, but I will say that one of the cool things about, again, Campbell's created this cool culture. And this was one of the things that he, he talked about when I joined the program was like, we're going to create a culture of like female physique research. I'm like, okay, crazy guy, whatever. Like literally I was like, you're insane, but sure. But we literally have, like he has created all this. And like now a lot of the people who do the, the studies are people like they continuously do different studies. So like they kind of know the drill, you know, they, they're very, excited about doing the research and I think that you know and even like when you know when I go and talk to the I've talked to the you know classes and like the physique science like groups people are much more interested in this stuff now so it's it's definitely like things are changing um and I do think that people are you know yeah there's always been people who want to sign up for stuff and they they get it over their head and they just quit you know that's always people um but it's it, I think it has gotten a little better I think that in the next five years, there's going to be universities that have coaching degrees, oh, you yeah. know, um, I mean, we have literally a whole concentration just in physique science. Like we're getting that approved soon. Okay. So, so you, like, you guys might be the first one, but I know that there's going to be a degree in coaching. I mean, you can't not with, with, uh, you know, how big the market is. There's people who want to go study it and study it at age mm -hmm. 18, not, later in life. And, um, so I think that's coming. And then, you know, my one thing is I wish that, you know, when I went to school, there was some place like it's USF, right? Yes. You know, I wish there was some place like that. I mean, I found, I didn't find it until I was 21. I was already pretty far through my degree, but, um, it had been cool to have those kind of options. So I think that's really exciting for, I don't have many young listeners we have, but at least I know like if any of my kids kind of get really into it, I can, you know, be like, Hey, there's actually really good avenues for this. Yeah. Um, you know, rather than just kind of having to, you know, self teach and, and, and go to seminars like, like dad had to do. But um, yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's kind of cool the way the direction it's going. Um, I yeah. think. And from the time that I started and, and we've talked about this too, like when we go and present, like from the time that I've started really getting into presenting, to now and even when I've gone and talked to the classes before and then now like when I was in the program you know basically even back to undergrad when I was in my undergrad for exercise science and you go around the room and you're like what do you want to do and I was like I want to do exercise science and everybody's like what <laughs> everybody else was like 
doctor, OT, PT, like the whole deal, right? Like anything else they could do for like pre-med because that was like basically right. Florida State's exercise science program. I could have gone to med school with the, the requirements, right? Gotcha. And then I was like, exercise science. And everybody's like, oh my God, what? And then <laughs> when I got to the master's program, it was like, what do you want to do? And I'm like, I do bodybuilding. And then everybody <laughs> right. else was like, strength conditioning, wellness, like, you know, whatever, right? right? And then now when I go and talk to the students, I'm like, who wants to be a physique coach? And like half the class oh, is raising I, their hand. We're like, sure. it's crazy. Yeah, um, and when I'm we sure. go and we go and present and we, I always pull the room just cause I want to like get a feel for like who's yep. there, you know, and between personal trainers and online trainers, it's, I would say most people, same yep. thing. Like anytime that I've presented recently, it's, crazy and now when people say oh i'm a coach they could have five clients doesn't mean that's like what they do full time but they right. still have clients you know what i mean so people are just getting more into this um so yeah i'm glad that we have resources um you know cool research is coming out and you know maybe one day we'll be able to make a whole online university with that because you know obviously that's the biggest barrier to entry is people yeah. going to schools but um in any case i'll stop rambling about that but and just a random i was just reading this paper the other day I thought I would share. Um, so obviously I know that we were talking a lot about there's a nuance between, Hey, can somebody have, you know, we all have clients who I had three refeeds and I got super lean. And then there's people who are like, I haven't had a carb in months, yeah. right? Like yeah. there's always going to be those clients. So this was actually, it's an old paper from the nineties, but, uh, it was a new England journal of medicine and it was the response to long-term overfeeding and identical twins. So anytime you can get identical twin research, that's pretty cool. Um, and basically what they did was they lived in house. So they had, uh, which was again, hard to do, but this was you know a little bit of older paper and they overfed them by a thousand calories per day. Now they did this for six days out of the week and then one day was maintenance. So they had 84 days of a thousand calories of overfeeding. Jeez. Now. Yeah. Right. Who sign me over this study. Um, <laughs> sit around and eat all day and they literally talk about their like the daily activities were reading they went on one walk they played video games like they literally were doing nothing okay um yeah crazy right but the mean weight gain was 8.1 kilograms expected right like 100 pounds. days yeah okay um but the range was 4.3 to 13.3 and within kind of the twin groups you saw similarities so obviously, again, this is kind of stuff that we know, like, you know, in the trenches, but it's literally showing like, hey, there's a range, like most people gained eight pounds, but there's this range of four and a half to 13 and a half of, you know, stability. So when we talk about things like really anything when it comes to diet and diet and training, but particularly with diet, you know, you can, I love science and I love statistics and well, I don't love statistics, but I love looking at stuff like that, right? Significance, but you have to look at the the range too yeah um and you have to say hey this is not going to work for for most people it's going to be here but like always there's always outliers so some people are getting overfed a thousand calories a day and playing video games and barely gained any weight other people gained a hefty amount of weight particularly in their stomach right which was actually one of the parts of the the research um but so the same thing with refeeds there's going to be some clients who are going to be able to tolerate refeeds the entire prep and keep on crushing it i have plenty of clients like that and then there's a lot of clients who they rarely see a refeed and that works a lot better for them. So it's going to be very nuanced and that's obviously where a coach's job comes in and that's where, you know, check-ins and, and feedback from them is the most important. Yeah. 100%. I agree. I don't have anything else. Jeff Black. Sue, have you got anything? I'm good. Lauren, I'm going to just impart this final question upon you. 
Oh, God. So anything you would like to say about this topic before we wrap it up that we might not have covered that you would really like an up and coming coach or coach you might follow or an average Joe lifestyle person to take away? Kind of to loop back to what I was just saying, like this is going to be a nuanced discussion with your client. And this is why it's really important that as a coach, you're asking the right questions. Um, it is no longer, hey, did you hit your macros this week? That doesn't cut it. You know, if you really want to be a good coach, you need to be asking the right questions and getting the right feedback from them. Um, and understand that something like refeeds can be an amazing tool, um, but it doesn't mean that it has to be used super black and white. Like I said, when people ask, oh, how many refeeds do you do a week? Oh, zero to three. I don't know. Kind of depends on the client. Um, so be flexible in your methods. Use science as kind of your grounding um, place, but then be comfortable going in and out of that and going above and below recommendations. Yeah, I'm really excited to see that rapid fat loss research because that will help a lot of us be able to tell clients when they come to us like, I didn't lose 16 pounds in four weeks. And I'm like, oh, I know. <laughs> you know? So we actually used me as some baseline research um, nice. to test this out because I basically came to Campbell with this idea and I was like, hey, clients are really interested in doing this kind of stuff um, when they're first starting a diet. How would it affect you know, how would it affect them? So we basically said I slashed, you know, I was in a period like right now where I'm eating kind of what like high calories, um, you know, probably around 2,500 ish upwards of that daily, cut it to 50 grams of carbs, all from vegetables, a gram of protein per pound and like 45, it was basically 1200 calories with basically trace carbs. Yeah. Did that for two weeks. Um, did a few light cardio sessions. Like I wasn't trying to crush cardio or anything, did normal training. And, um, I did lose a, I did lose body fat. Um, and we, because normally you don't, you can't really test people that frequently because you're not really going to see anything. And we actually did see a significant like drop. So, um, we use that as like, Oh shit, this actually might work. You know what I mean? So yeah. now it was, it was hell. It wasn't like it was easy going from eating, you know, yeah. high calorie to doing that. Um, but it's definitely an approach that might work. So I'm excited. Um, they basically, you know, created different research scenarios and they've, they settled on one of them. So they're going to be doing that hopefully as soon as possible. Um, but yeah, so that'll be coming out soon. Nice. Awesome. Um, well, well, I guess we got everyone here. We delayed the PEC until July 10th. And as it looks now, it's either going to be Cincinnati or Nashville. Um, that would be fine. I know. That would be fine. Jason's like, I want to go to Nashville too. I want to do damn Cincy. Uh, I want to get out of this prison, this glass house of bullshit, you know. But um, so I have reached out to someone there, and she is Sally, and she works for Vent. So She's trying to find us a spot that we can have it at. Um, and if we can't like do it somewhere there, we'll probably just bring it back to Iron House. And then we do have Denver. We are going to do that. That's October. Um, we will be formally announcing that day too. So once we get Nashville or Cincy figured out, we're going to announce yep. Denver. So that way you guys on the East Coast can pick if you want to go to the West Coast or West Coast wants to go to the East Coast or stay whatever. We were able to make that happen. The one in Denver will be at Armburst Gym. And Russ yeah, Allen will be awesome. joining the panel and speaking with us out there since that's his home turf. So um, I'm real excited about that. So if you guys would like a refund, feel free to ask. No questions about it. It's Thera Brown at ironhouse615.com. Or if you guys just want to apply it to one of them, just email her too. And she handles all that for us. Um, but otherwise, I think it was a great episode. I know we were talking about bringing Lauren back on soon to talk about PCOS. 
like the practicality of it like once you get it how do you what are the steps you start taking in the trenches to help people with this condition so um that was something that we said we would discuss but lauren you got anything good for yourself going on the next couple besides like locking yourself in the saran wrap and everything else weird you're doing yeah you know quarantine life um no i'm just i'm really trying to use this time to you know really serve clients and just you know learn more i'm always trying to learn more and it is it does get kind of hard to learn new shit when you're really busy and you're traveling all the time so um i'm using this time to say hey i'm literally not allowed to travel and i'm going to focus you know all of april because we're recording this in you know last like i said last day of march focus april on hey like just learning new stuff and i've already been trying to dive in to stuff you know in the past two weeks but just kind of continue that it's really my goal so and if you guys don't hear from me, I'm talking to my volleyball. So <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Well, I actually see you and Jason tomorrow night at five o'clock. Well, six o'clock your oh, yeah. time for that leadership thing. So how I'm doing is I'm rolling out discussing like trainer to coach, and then the second part will be produ- production, and then the third one's practitioner. So I'm trying to give people an idea on leadership in this industry on how you go from being like you know just a basic trainer to becoming mm-hmm. a coach, to becoming a brand to becoming, you know, iconic in that's kind of what That's actually what I've been focusing the past two weeks. I'm like, I really need to like sharpen those leadership skills. Mm-hmm. And that's what I've been trying to focus on the past two weeks. So it's, it's a really important topic. And I, I think it's one of the most important topics, you know, and people often think, Oh, I'm not a leader. It's like, well, you lead yourself. First of all, even mm-hmm. if you have zero clients, you're still a leader to yourself. And then if you are trying to help people out, you need to know how to step up and do that. So I couldn't think of a better topic. Yeah, no, I'm excited to get into it because that's an area that like no one really talks about in our space because everyone's like on their own island. Ah, fuck you. You suck. You know, like I'm better than you and all that. And I'm kind of like, well, no, that we have some abundance mentality here, folks, and and learn and and, and synergize with each other. So I'm looking forward to that. And I'm going to probably do it every other week, I think, just kind of going forward. I'm doing it for free just because I want to get better at speaking and then kind of just help everyone else out because I know that that's something that people know I'm passionate about. So I'm excited to do it. Jason, so you guys, I can't wait either. You guys got any parting words of wisdom? Nope. I'm done. (sighs) I'm just going to be thinking about you guys while I'm training in my full fucking gym. Just want to let you guys I got know. a gym. I'm good tonight. I got one too, Jeff. Yeah. It's not the same though. I'm going to send you <laughs> pictures of my hack squat. You like send you pictures of my leg uh, press. I like the hack squat though. I, don't I make it work. I'll make it work wherever I end up. I ain't worried about it. I know. I'm just going to send you pictures and be like the leg extension misses you, Jason. <laughs> the tempo of four. Jason is going to be like leg pressing his couch with bands. <laughs> I'll do whatever I got to do. I'll come out of this, no problem. Jason, well, I mean, I, Lauren, I offered him for $2,000 that I would move out of my townhouse and he can have my townhouse and keep training down here and have a key to house to come and go as he wanted. But he's not desperate enough yet, but I'm hoping this goes into <laughs> May and some things change for him. I might be getting a text. Hey, Jeff, Keegan need a bunk buddy? <laughs> like, <laughs> packing up, head down for a week of training. So, all right. Well, you guys, it was a good time as always, hopefully. We all keep our humor during all of this because that's not all oh, we yeah. got. Basically. Thank you guys for having me on again. Uh, I really yep. Thank you. Awesome. Thank, Thank you, Lauren. You. you guys have a good one. See you guys. See you. Bye.